This is the EVP Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the EVP Podcast. I am Beaker. And I'm Ghosty. And no DVO today. No DVO. He's still dead. He's still he's still dead? He's still dead. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just us two, and we're rocking the shit. Yes, we are. Yeah, we didn't have a guest lined up this week, um, but that's okay. Because, like I said, we're the funny ones. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> what do we do? There's only two of us. I'm not scared. Um, so yeah. scared. Thanks for listening to our last episode on the Bell Witch. Thanks again for Lurch for coming and being a part of that episode. Um, it was a lot of fun. That was fun. I had a lot of fun. Doing a lot that of episode. tangents, but a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> and then um, we've noticed on YouTube our Devil's Den episode has been kind of blown up with the comments and the views. So, yeah. A lot of ex-employees uh, or current employees that still work there that are sending some stuff so or ex-inmates as well oh true so we had some ex-inmates they told us it was called the box not the shoe right we're just going off of what we were saw on tv ghost adventures because that was our only source <laughs> that was of the only source of this reference yeah it's all we had because it just closed episode. down and there yeah, was like, no investigations ever there till yeah. that day so we jumped on it we sure did and it worked but now that i know that people work there i kind of want to try to get in there yeah, it's a well. It's a new facility. It's opened up to. It's not a prison anymore. Right, right. It's something else. But yeah, it's it's open for uh, whatever they're doing now. Oh, is it open for investigations though? I don't know if it's open for investigations. But there's people that do work there. But right there's now. two people that there's people that currently work there. Well, someone that commented on the YouTube mm-hmm. actually said that they uh, currently work there. So yeah, I want to talk to you some more because I would like to get in there. That would be pretty dope. It would be fun. California's not too yes, far. It is not. There's lots of places in California. Yes, there is. Winchester House. I still need to go check that out. That place is crazy fun. Yeah. But, I mean, California is so long, like Florida, so there's, like, so much. There is. Yeah. Well, hell, just to get from Disneyland to Winchester Mansion, it was, like, an eight-hour drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, California's huge. Oh, yeah. It's a good, like, 10 to 12 hours from tip to the other tip. Tip to tip? Tip to tip. Just the tips. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, That's where we're at. Yes. Do you know what? We talked about... Tennessee last week, didn't we? We sure did. We're staying in Tennessee this week. Let's keep going. Let's, let's, let's stay, just stay there. Yeah. I got my we're, bag Well, still we're going to stay in Tennessee for a little bit. Eventually, we're moving to Kentucky. <laughs> okay. Actually, it's all in Kentucky. I lied. We're in Kentucky. All right. Perfect. Let's, I don't know. Let's stay in we'll, Kentucky. We're in Kentucky. There's haunted <laughs> shit there, too. But we're oh, not yeah. talking about haunted shit this week, actually. No. We've talked about psychics and mediums and stuff like that. We haven't talked about... A psychic that was able to diagnose medical ailments while being under hypnosis. Yeah. The whole thing that, about this guy was fascinating as shit. It was scary and fascinating. It's scary fascinating. Scary fascinating. Um, so we're talking about Edgar Casey. Yeah, Edgar Casey. And I didn't know about him until you mentioned him. I didn't know either. I was just so I listened to another pad podcast. Pad. I, li- I listen to a podcast. Cost. Apparently, I'm from Boston every now and then. <laughs> uh, I listen to another podcast. Uh, it's called Unsolved Mysteries, uh, something like that. Um, and I came across this guy, Edgar, Edgar Casey. This dude was born March 18th, 1877, in Beverly, Kentucky. Not Tennessee. Not Tennessee. <laughs> it's see. This is where I got confused because it's uh, in my notes here. I have it's a hundred miles north of Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a pretty long distance away for them to use that reference, right? <laughs> Especially in eighteen seventy-seven. It's not like so a hundred miles now. Yeah, I can get there in about an hour. Hundred miles then, mm, probably not so much. Three days on horse. Yeah, right. Or fourteen years on foot. 
Same, um, same. <laughs> so, uh, he was born to his parents, obviously, because no that's way. how that's how life works. No way. Sometimes you're born to somebody else's parents. <laughs> um, they were farmers. They had six kids, uh, and when uh, Edgar was a child. He claimed he saw a ghost. Or an, or was it an angel? Well, no, before the angel. He saw a ghost that he said was his dead grandfather. Oh, okay. And he said it was a ghost because it became transparent if he looked hard enough. So if he focused, he looked hard enough, he can see through so it. So he must have been having a long conversation or something with the spirit for them, him to like realize that he could stare hard enough to... And see, see through, through yeah. Because yeah. usually, anytime I've seen something, it's gone. It's, quick. Yeah, it's where it's there, and then it's gone. Yeah. So he must have been having a conversation. Probably. So this is all before the age of ten. About the age of ten, it's when he started really becoming a huge fan of the Bible and going to church. And by the time he was age twelve, he had read the Bible front to back over a dozen times. Right. Who? That's what ten year old does. I don't know. But 10-year-old now is like, yep, I want to... I guess it's 1887. I've never done it once. Well, 18... <laughs> I guess at this point, it's 1887. He's like, there's probably nothing to do. There's probably no He's books like, read. the read. Bible. It's great. Um, but this is this is where we were talking about, what you're talking about. So, 1889. Mm-hmm. He's behind his house in the woods. Yeah, he had woods behind his house and he had like a fort or something. Yeah, he had a little hut or fort or something. He's there hanging out in his little hidey spot. Mm -hmm. He's reading his Bible and all of a sudden there's like this big flash of light. And all of a sudden there's this winged woman standing in front of him. And this person had asked what he wanted most in the world. And he said he wanted to be able to help people, especially sick children. And then he also decided that eventually he wanted to be a missionary. And then, so after that, the lady just kind of, another flash of light, she's gone, right? She was talking to him. Like, he was afraid at first when she showed up because, you know, what kid wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. If there's this big flash of light, all of a sudden this woman with the wings is standing in front of you. Um, and we'll just call her an angel from here on out because that's what he thought she was. Right. So this angel is all of a sudden in front of you, talking very... I think it was her voice. It was very soothing and calm is what kind of made him feel somewhat comfortable to talk to her. But after this happened, the, he was super excited. He goes running in the house to tell his mom uh, what had happened. And he's like, am I going crazy? And his mom's like, no, your your prayers have just been answered. So I wonder if this was just like a spirit that presented themselves like an angel because he was reading the Bible so much. Maybe. So that probably was just like, uh, if I show myself like this, he'll probably get it. Right. Yeah. It's like, this is what he's familiar with. Cause he's obviously read the Bible a buttload of times. A dozen times. times. <laughs> By the age of 12, I've never even read it once. I'm, I'm still 40, never read so. it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I probably never will. So like, he was super excited. He couldn't sleep that night. Cause he was just thinking about like, what the hell just happened? Like, especially he's 12 years old at this point. Like what kid, when you see something like that, even now as adults, like we see a ghost and we're just like, Oh, this is cool. And we think about it all night. And then sometimes mm. we sleep. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, he's he's exhausted. He goes to school the next day. His teacher is, like, giving a spelling test and asks him to spell the word cabin, and he can't remember how to spell it. And it's a simple word, mm-hmm. especially for a 12-year-old. Like, they should be able to spell it easy. Yeah. He couldn't remember how to spell it. So his teacher was frustrated and upset, and so his punishment that day was to stay after school and write the word cabin on the board uh, 500 times. So he gets home that night. His dad is furious that he failed the spelling test. 
uh, to the point where he knocked him out of his chair. I don't know why they don't just say he beat his ass. He beat his ass. He beat his ass. He beat his ass silly. Like, Pretty much. He knocked him. <laughs> Instead, knocked. they say they knocked him out of his then chair. He, he politely that was tipped a, That the, was a slap across the face. He, he flew out across the room. politely tipped the chair over and s- yeah, expressed and his frustration. In the 1800s, <laughs> they laid the smack down on kids. Pretty much. All day long. Talk to um, any any old person. They got. I think they kid. pretty much did up until like the nineties or the early two thousands. I would say the nineties. Before every kid's like, "I'm calling gonna the sue cops, you," calling the cops on their, their parents. parents. Like, come on. Yeah. As soon as DCFS became a thing. Right. <laughs> stupid. Get in the way of some kids ass needing ass whooping. Yeah, some kids need their ass whooping. <laughs> you see some stupid ass kids doing dumb, some dumb shit out there. Like you know they didn't get their ass kicked as a kid. So yeah. So um. <laughs> so he was behaved now. <laughs> so he was behaved. His dad, like, tested him, and he was still getting the answers wrong and shit, so I guess his dad left him to study. And... Oh, no, he told him, uh, he asked for a nap. He asked if he could just have, like, a little nap or something, so he said he'll be back in five minutes. So I guess, like, right before he fell asleep, he says he heard the angel's voice again saying, you know, put your head down on the books, and they'll help you. And he's like, what? Whatever, and took a nap, using the books as a pillow. His dad comes back, wakes him up. And then all of a sudden, like, he knows everything. He had it all memorized. He had the whole book memorized. Like, so every question his dad asked him, he had the answers to. So his dad gets mad again because he thinks that before he was just messing with him. Uh So his dad politely knocks him out of the chair one more time. Politely. (laughs) Um, Which which makes sense because you're sitting there like you're playing dumb. And then all of a sudden you you know know everything. It's like, come on, kid. Yeah. So... Uh, what's funny is like from then on, uh, Edgar started sleeping on all of his school books to absorb the information. And apparently it actually worked because by 1892, he was actually the best student in his class. And when his teacher asked him like, what was he doing? He like explained how he slept on the books and he could see the pages. Yeah. It's so crazy. Um, so yeah, he, was really good at school after sleeping on books. <laughs> and he got to the point where, uh, I guess this was a common thing back in the er, late 1800s, where children would get to about grade nine mm-hmm. and then just be done with school and they start working. Like, Yeah, you're a teenager now, you can make some money. Yep, back then, like it was it was very common for working children to get a grade nine education and, and start working. So that's what he did. Um. And he, he learned how to do a lot of things. I guess he learned photography at one point. Um, and he did some other stuff. Like uh, he, he became really involved in the church, uh, the Disciples of Christ, which is just a, a Christian church at the, of the time. Okay. Uh, he made it a point to read his Bible at least once a year. He attended the church and he also taught Sunday school there and recruited missionaries. Recruited them for what? To go out and teach, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, now he said that he could see people's auras, which is a thing. Like mm-hmm. I know people that can see auras and I've read, read books that actually teach you like pretty much anyone can see an aura if you have the proper training. Um, now he said he also spoke to angels and then he heard the voices of some of his deceased relatives. Did you ever see auras? No, I've gotten really good at guessing aura colors. I'm like 95% right. So when I was a kid, I never saw colors, but I would see light around people. But I would never see colors. Yeah, I've never seen any of that. But it was only, yeah, it was weird. It was when I was a kid. Yeah, I never saw, I've never had that. I've just, I know at some point I was able to, like, um, 
I'd say about 90 to 95% of the time accurately guess people's aura colors. Nice. And it's usually their personality aura. Like, there's seven layers to your aura, like, mm-hmm. like your shocker. So, your personality aura is the one that I know Peaches can see, or Brandy. Um, and those are the ones that I've I've been able to guess accurately. Oh, nice. Um, so, Edgar could do all this. He was doing all this stuff. And he had these gifts, and he wasn't quite sure, like, if this was divine, if it was, you know, spiritually given to him, or how he got these gifts. So... I guess in 1990, he started a business. 19? 1900. <laughs> oh, said 19, I did say 1990. I added 100 years there. <laughs> yeah, this dude's old. Um, in 1900, he started a, a business with his dad to sell insurance. And later that year, he developed a very bad case of laryngitis to the point where he couldn't even talk. Like, it hurt oh. so bad to talk. And this is where his photography came in handy. So he became a tar- photographer. Because you can't be a salesman yep. without talking. Uh, but you can take pictures without talking. You sure can. Apparently. You don't have to say smile and say cheese. <laughs> um, I'm assuming he's doing like maybe nature photography and stuff Probably. like that. Um, or, I mean, it's easy. Like, you know, if you want someone to move over, you just kind of wave at him to move over. <laughs> but that's, that's one of the professions he had. Um, and I think he had this laryngitis for like a year before this hypnotist came to town. Mm-hmm. He called himself the Laughing Man. Uh, his name was Hart. That's his Hart the Laughing Hart. Man. Hart yep. the Laughing Man. Stage name. He was performing 1901 at the Hopkinsville Opera House, and he heard about Edgar's condition. And he's like, you know what? I can cure this. He's like, give me 200 bucks. I can fix this. If I can't, I'll give the money back. All right. So he, Casey's like, or Edgar's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. Um, he wanted it. He did it in a controlled office in the Manning Brown. Um, uh, he was a local throat specialist. Mm-hmm. So this hypnotist, the, the laughing man, puts him into a trance. And while he was under, he was talking just fine. Right. But as soon as he woke up, he was back to not being able to talk. And this happened like several times. Like they kept doing the hypnosis and every time, like while he was under, he could talk just fine. But as soon as he woke up, he couldn't talk anymore. Like the pain was, it was back. So they were getting frustrated. Eventually Hart had to move on because he had appointments in other cities. And eventually, uh, Edgar, he met with other hypnotists. Uh, there was one named John Duncan Quackenbots. <laughs> and um, I think the person eventually finally that was able to help him was Al Lane. And didn't he just like when he was under and he was talking normal, he all of a sudden diagnosed what was wrong. So I think Al was the first person to ask him what was wrong. And this was Edgar's like, oh, yeah, there's, you know. Uh, nerve damage like in my larynx. Yeah, there was like a blockage or something. And I guess when Casey was under, he tells Lane to tell him. He's like, tell me to tell, you know, tell me to do this. So he tells him that all he has to do is increase the blood circulation to his throat. So Lane's like, okay, do that. And so Casey, apparently when he was told to do this, his neck turned bright red and after about 20 minutes of this happening, uh, Edgar just randomly goes, okay, 
I'm I'm cured. Or he said something like, "Oh, I can fix. I know how to fix this." And he like coughed up some like bloody. Well, that's after he. So he wakes up and okay. he, he coughs up this like some like a glob of blood, and um, his voice was fine. Yeah, it came back. Like so, he basically like diagnosed what was wrong with his throat and cleared it. And cleared it while he was under hypnosis. Wakes up and coughs up this this blood, and then he's fine. Now it did come back every now and then, and it took a couple more uh, times of going under hypnosis to fix this. But I mean, after a year of not being able to talk, when he coughs up this blood, all of a sudden he's like he's fine again, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. But being able to self-diagnose yourself and clear it too, yeah, while under hypnosis, and and keep in mind, like he at this point he's had no medical training, right? Yeah, like, eighth grade, eighth you know, grade, eighth grade, and then he went into the workforce, uh, eventually selling insurance, and then becoming a photographer. He hasn't studied anything medical. He's not a doctor, right? And he came from Kentucky, where it's like you know south, and it's yeah. And then shortly, we know what happened about twenty years later with the tuberculosis. Oh yeah. But I don't think it had anything to do with that. So, uh, Al Lane had uh, talked to Edgar about some of the problems that he was having. And he, um, I guess he had like a stomach bug or something. And Edgar, again, went under hypnosis and was able to accurately diagnose the problems that Al was having and what to do to fix them. Nice. And so that became a thing after that, right? Like, yeah, so he found out that he can help other people. Then it, the, was, yeah. it was on after that. I was like, yeah, we should form a partnership and, and start a business helping people. And Edgar was kind of like, yeah, we can do this. I just don't want to make any money off of it. I just want to help people. So for the next like little bit, Al and Edgar were helping a lot of people. They were coming in and with their ailments and Edgar was actually able to put himself under this hypnotic trance and diagnose these people and, and cure them. Um, naturally there's going to be a lot of skeptics because you know, one, he's not a doctor mm-hmm. and some of the problems he ran into is like, people were like, okay, he's not a doctor. Maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, and then some people like when they try to take this stuff that he prescribed to their actual doctors, the doctors are like, no, I'm not going to give you a prescription for this. Like, I didn't diagnose this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it got to the point to where um, I think Edgar and Al kind of split ways when Edgar found out that Al was only bringing in rich patients. Oh, and charging him a lot, probably. Probably. So I think Al was getting rich off this. Edgar, like I said, wasn't taking any money. He wanted nothing. He didn't want the money. Well... There was a time, I don't know if how late into his life this was, but people were asking him about, like, for selfish reasons, wanting to know certain things. Yeah. And if he ever did something that somebody was going to benefit from, he would get really sick. And then he decided at that point he was never going to do that again. Yeah, that's, um, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, so whenever he, because people would ask about, like, you know, for selfish reasons to gain something, and he gave them certain answers to for them to gain he would get sick that's crazy yeah i mean like his whole thing is that's i mean he was a good christian obviously read the bible a lot um, but his whole thing was like it was about helping people right like, and helping them become better 
And when he found out that, like I said, Lane was only bringing in rich people, he kind of broke off that partnership. And he continued to do private. He called them readings. But he was seeing anybody that needed to be helped, not just rich people. And then he he ended up marrying his, like, his, the love of his life. Her name was Gertrude Evans in uh, 1903. Uh, they ended up moving to Bowling Green, had three kids. And um, I guess it's like Gertrude uh, still, he, she disapproved of the readings he was doing. And he was kind of, he wasn't sure of the, the morality of what he was doing. Um I think this is while he was still with Lane. But it got to the point where, like I said, they, they went their separate ways. And then it kind of came to Edgar. And he's like, okay, I still want to help people. And I want to, like I said, he was running into the problem with like doctors weren't prescribing these medications that he was recommending to help people with. And so he decided he was going to open up his own, own hospital and make his own staff of doctors that are going to do what he says to do. Right? Mm-hmm. Problem is he doesn't have any money. Because he wasn't taking any money from all these rich people that were needing help. Right. And it was funny because like when I was reading that, that only rich people were being brought in, I was kind of thinking, thinking like, looking at nowadays, like there's so many stupid like surgeries and, and holistic shit. Like I do, I do some like holistic remedies for myself. Like, you know, I'll use crystals or I'll use oh. like certain uh, medicated rubs. Like, right. uh, that kind of help out. Um, be even like Andy Kaufman, like when he was dying, if you ever watched man on the moon, like he had cancer and he was trying everything. He used crystals and stuff like that. I, I do believe that some of that holistic stuff works, but I also believe in Western medicine. Like, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And where, like I said, he was not getting the doctors to co- cooperate with him. He's like, this is how it's going to be. Um, and I was going like with rich people you see nowadays, uh, they'll do anything like from liposuction to Botox and mm-hmm. just they'll throw money at random shit because they think it's going to help them. They don't, they don't know. They don't care if it's like been scientifically proven to work. They're like, Hey, you know this, the rich dude says this works or this guy says this works. So I'm going to do it. Here's yeah. my money. They don't care. Cause they have a shit ton of money to waste right. on stupid stuff. <laughs> so Edgar decides he's going to go to Texas because he's a psychic he knows where the oil is. He's going to strike it rich. After three years, he has less money than what he had before he went there. <laughs> um, and it obviously didn't work. So what he went back to doing is doing these readings for rich people, trying to get money to build his hospital. Nice. It's the way to do it. Yes. Um, I'm, just, I'm jumping all over the place. I don't know where we're at. <laughs> um, I do know that at one point, like he was invited to like a university. They then to talk on hypnosis, like not that he was a doctor or anything like that. So he was invited to this university and he was doing a demonstration of how hypnosis works. And he puts himself under hypnosis and you've got these three, the, several doctors there kind of monitoring them. And I guess there was someone in the room, someone and when Edgar was doing his readings, he tried to do, as little research as possible, if none at all, on his patients. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to know anything about them. He just wanted to help fix their problems. So they picked someone in the room at random. He was actually able to tell them what his ailment was and even what his, like, his blood pressure and his temperature was while under hypnosis. And these doctors are thinking, like, 
maybe he's not really under this trance. Maybe he's not really hypnotized. He's probably got someone feeding him the information. So they start taking like needles and like hat pins and start jabbing it into him. Like they poke his cheek with a hat pin. They shove needles in his hands and his wrists. And he's not responding at all. Like and this stuff, this is obviously stuff that should be causing pain. Mm-hmm. He's not responding. Then there's another doctor that's just like still not convinced that he's under this trance and that people are like feeding him the information. So he takes a, a pen, um, like a pen knife. I'm assuming it's like a little scalpel yeah. type thing. And he pries up one of Edgar's fingernails. Oh, my God. Yeah, while he's in this trance. Zero response from Edgar. Oh, I bet it hurt like hell when he woke up. Oh, it did. Oh, my hell. He woke up and he felt the pain from all the pins and needles and, and everything and the, the fingernail being pried up all at once when he woke up. Oh, my God. So just imagine like all Screaming of that. Screaming in pain. Right. And he was pissed, rightfully so. Yeah, your fingernails lifted up. Holy shit. Right, so he's just like, he yells at him. He's like, you guys are never going to believe anything I say. He's like, so he stopped doing demonstration for hypnosis. He stopped trying well, to yeah, prove. yeah, he got. <laughs> right. He got his ass kicked. He got his kicked. ass kicked again. So he stopped trying to prove to people that he was legit and just went back to helping people. And I, so when people, he ended up doing like over 14,000 readings yeah. that were documented. Yeah. And so, but I think like over 20,000 in total. But these 14,000 are all documented in a library, like word for word. And they were all... Yeah, he, he hired a stenographer yeah. at one point to write down everything that he said while he was under. And he actually went back. And this is the what I thought was crazy. Because he went back and, and went over these notes of the stenographer. And even before the stenographer, when Al was taking notes and everything he was saying, he would go back to teach himself about uh, medicine from the readings he was doing. Yeah. Which is crazy. This is like self-taught medicine. Well, I know to this day some people are still going through his stuff that have certain conditions that he were help he was helping other people with, and they'll read up on what he asked them to do, and they'll apply things to themselves. But because everything he was giving, like when he would do a reading, it was like so specific to that person. Yeah. So if you had that same kind of disease or whatever ailment. It's, it might not work 100% for you that it did for that person, but you can take those ideas and apply it to yourself to see what does work. But I thought that was pretty crazy that there was that many documented in a library that you can actually go read up on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I believe there's a, there's a facility still open in his name that still does some of these treatments and stuff. I don't know if they do the readings or not, but there is a his facility that, he originally opened. I know it kind of went under. They lost money at one point, and they ended up having to close it. But I believe it's been reopened. Um, the their website said they were established in 1937, so it's been open for a while. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, but I I know that like he got to the point to where, um, he eventually got arrested, and was put on trial for fraud. Oh really? Yeah. And how did he? Well, there was no way to actually prove that he was a fraud. Like, oh yeah, they, they, they didn't have any evidence, so I think they declared it a mistrial. But yeah, the there was um, I remember there was one lady that came to his house and was worried because her sister was pregnant and her doctor had told her that her and the baby were going to die. So the sister came to Edgar, and when he went under the trance, he had told her, "Well, this is how you save the baby, but unfortunately, there's no way to save your sister," and. From what I understand, the baby actually was saved. 
and my sister did die. So it was like, it was crazy. I mean, there's there's so many cases, so many examples we can give, but this is just a few of them. I know there's one that was a girl that had uh, the flu for like three years, and um, this is back when he was working with Al, and Al had, or Edgar had told Al to like readjust her spine. And after doing this for a couple of weeks, um, Edgar finally goes, you know, all this, all the instructions come in while he's under chance, obviously. Mm. And Edgar finally goes, okay, she's, she's fine. And it was like a couple of days later, the girl was back to normal health after being sick for three years. Crazy. And Just I like caught up on everything on school in the next three months. Yeah. So it's just, it's just insane. Like how much this guy did. He even had a few predictions I'm not like he predicted the market crash, the the Wall Street crashing. Um, when the years that when the when the market crashed in the twenties or what was it? Yeah, in the twenties. Yeah, I think it he was also the... predicted World War Two and the uh, the countries that were going to like like Japan and Germany combining forces. Like he called that. Um, he called uh, what were the other ones? He has a prediction that it hasn't come true yet. But it's yeah, going to happen. Who knows how long it'll happen. But he talked about China becoming the world's, uh, like, the leader in, like, the biggest Christian country, which was all, uh, I don't know how long that's going to be till that happens, but that's crazy. That's his thought process on that. Um, he also believed a lot in the lost city of Atlantis. Yes. Um, no, like, and about the uh, Akashar Kajak Records being underneath the Sphinx's paw or something like that. Is it under the paw that he thinks it? And he wants to dig, but uh, Egypt won't allow it. Uh, that one, I don't know. I didn't hear about that one. Okay, so underneath the one of the, the foot of the Sphinx, he believes that's where the Akashic Records are. And also a flying vehicle from Atlantis. That's crazy. So I know he. I know he said he found or he knew where Atlantis was, but um, I don't know if they ever. I, I don't think they actually, obviously, ever found it because we would have heard about it by now. Right. But so here's so some of the predictions he made that came true, like you said, the stock stock market crash in 1929, uh, World War Two, the pole shift. Oh yeah, he did talk about the poles shifting. Um, the question was, what great change or the beginning of what change, if any. Is to take place in the Earth of the year two thousand to two thousand one, and he said there was a shifting of poles or a new cycle begins. Uh, and he did this reading on August eleventh of nineteen thirty six. So when the poles actually did shift, um, there's the convergence of communication companies. Oh, and he talked about like all these different devices coming together as one. Yep, that's he what we carry in our pockets. Every gave day. that prediction in nineteen twenty nine. There's the life of the essences. I described the essences and details many years before the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. I was going to say, yeah, the Dead so Sea Scrolls. He yeah. predicted that one. He predicted the blood used as a diagnostic tool. Uh, he said during the course of physical reading given in for one individual, he read uh, and foresaw that in future medical advancements that uh, they might make a diagnosis from a drop of blood, which they can now. Like they draw blood to check for, check all for sorts everything of now. Yeah. Um, and La Nina and El Nino. El Nino. Yeah, the weather effects. That, yeah. Yeah. Because those didn't start happening till later. <laughs> yeah, right. So he predicted that in 1926. So, I mean, he made a lot of predictions and a lot of them didn't come true. Right. 
um, kind of like Nostradamus, like predicted a lot of stuff. Some of it actually came true, which is pretty trippy. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that like some of this actually happened, and he was predicting this stuff, you know, like the polar shift, you know, seventy years before it happened. Right. Right. So knowing that that's going to happen, that's crazy. So what's nuts too is this guy doing all the stuff he's doing at this time. And people are not believing it, and they're witnessing it with their eyes and still right. not believing it. But yet, they'll read the Bible and believe everything in that word for word because they were told to. You know what's funny is people still do that. Yeah, right, exactly. But then people they'll still see do stuff nowadays. in their face, but they'll believe this book just because they were told to. Right. But yet, they're seeing stuff with their eyes, and they're not going to believe it. They're going to do all these things to prove it's wrong and then still can't prove it's wrong, but still not believe it. Well, another thing he talked about, uh, and we've talked about on this show before reincarnation right like you know western civilizations we don't really believe in that uh eastern civilizations more more so than we do right we talked about it on the the spirit kids episode Mm -hmm. or the reincarnation one yeah um but he was actually able to find passages in the bible that talked about rebirth and he took that to mean that like reincarnation is a thing he was actually finding passages in the bible that supported reincarnation he even talks about him the way he asked like how he got his abilities and the answer he got from himself was that you pick these up in a past life and they're still with you. Right. And you know, it's funny is I know a lot of people that they believe that now, like the gifts they've had is stuff they've learned in a previous life and it's just continued on into this life. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of these religions now, especially Christian religions, uh, it's a one and done thing. Mm -hmm. And I just, from my own personal experiences, uh, I don't believe that's to be true. Right. And it's funny because, like, you've got Edgar Casey, who we've mentioned several times already, loves the Bible, has read the Bible a lot. And like we said, a lot of these Christian religions don't believe in reincarnation. But it, from his chances and, and right. he like he said, he found things outside of his own religion now. Right. And, I mean, that's probably another reason why you got people that are just like, you know, he's full of crap. Because if you say something against what this religion completely believes in and teaches, you know, people call you crazy. Exactly. But yeah, you can prove them wrong and <laughs> right. still get called crazy. And it's, well, I mean, you still see that shit nowadays, especially on Facebook and like you get proven wrong on something and like, I can show you all the evidence in the world and there's still people that would be like, no, no, that's not right. Yeah. I know. I know some people like that. And this is what this guy kind of dealt with. And like you said, he did like 14,000 documented cases. I know, um, I think I've mentioned him briefly on another episode and I kind of want to do an episode on James Randi. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, One that was trying to disprove. He was a professional magician that spent most of his career disproving psychics. Like you said, Mm -hmm. um, I think we talked about the one, there's a video online where the guy is trying to move the pages with the phone book. Yeah. And so James is like, okay, try it now. And he puts a bunch of little styrofoam balls around it. To see the move with air if he's blowing. To see, yeah. yeah, to see if he's blowing on it or pushing air and not actually using kinetic yeah, and then all of a sudden it just stops. And he's like, I can't do it. The guy's like, oh, the heat and the styrofoam and made all these excuses. So James Randi, and you can find a lot of his videos, and I think we might do a more extensive episode on James at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But James... Looked into Edgar Casey, obviously, because that's what he did. Mm-hmm. That's he tried to disprove. And I know that, like, 
it was Edgar's kids or his grandkids or something like that. They, were, they went through his cases and they were saying that Edgar had like an 87% success rate with his patients. And that was due to the patients because it depended on the patients doing what he told them to do. Well, see, and the thing is, is like when they did the study, they only, they picked 150. Out of the thousands. Out of thousands. And then they went with, okay, did they respond positively, negatively, or not at all? And there's probably about half of those that said nothing. They didn't respond at all. So they removed all of those. You're down to like 74 cases now. And that's how they got their 87% positive. And it's just like, I mean, they picked these at random, but still it's just kind of like, that's a great way to skew the uh, results of your poll here. Yeah, but but they also talked about uh, some of the things I had listened to were that the patients, if depended on how much they followed of his, if they followed his words 100%, they had 100% success rate. If they half-assed it, they got a half-assed success. If they didn't follow it, they didn't get any results. And that would make sense. And see, and this is where I was like kind of talking about Eastern medicines because that's pretty much all he descri- uh, prescribed was mm-hmm. Eastern medicines, like holistic remedies and stuff like that. And like you said, like if they followed it, I mean, like sometimes this this holistic stuff it does work. And in this case, it's it's just weird that I don't know how I would explain it that this dude was able to hypnotize himself and accurately. Uh, diagnose ailments and then prescribe the treatment to it. Yeah. Like I said, he, there was a lot of people he did help. I mean, there's probably, it's just like anything. Like when we talk about the Warrens or um, that other guy that had a book, um, Hans Holder. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure they helped, you know, they, they all did thousands and thousands of cases and you're not ever going to have a hundred percent success rate. Right. Not everything is going to be hundred percent positive. So, I mean, it makes sense that, uh, obviously not everything that Edgar prescribed or told people to do is going to be effective, especially if they don't listen to what he said. It's the same thing. Like if I go to my doctor and you know, like right now I'm having a foot problem and if my doctor tells me to stay off of it for a month and I go, well, I know better than you doctor. Yeah. It's probably not going to heal. Yeah, it's going to take longer. It's going to take longer. Yeah. It's not going to work at all. So, um, that makes sense. Uh, like why some of these things wouldn't work is if they don't listen to what he's saying or, or like I mentioned earlier, that they go and try to get the prescription from their actual doctors, right? And the doctors are like, "No, no, we're not doing that." Yeah, because they're like, "I didn't do this." No, right? <laughs> but yeah, this dude was—I'm surprised that it's not as big of a thing, or that he's not talked about more, right? Because this happened during you know in the last hundred years, to where people were witnessing this and just sweeping it under a rug, like, nah. yeah. And this—I mean, this started this towards the end of the spiritualist movement as well so yeah, and and plus back then i mean you didn't have the science that we do now to where oh man if this, if this was happening now all the cool stuff they could check his brain while he goes under and everything right. and see where his brain's going and and like that would the be brain awesome. waves that would be really cool to see how it like see him take off and like all of a sudden his brain waves just switch into something else that'd be cool that would be that would be cool because i mean technology like that does exist i have actually seen um and I talk about like holistic things doesn't work sometimes. And like I saw this, I actually saw this meme on uh, Facebook the other day where they talked about how the, was it the Haldron Collider, whatever that thing is, okay. the, that machine, how it's like shoot the atoms at each other. Or the, the most advanced piece of technology on the face of the earth, you know, and they can't figure out the, like the cure to cancer or something like that. But they're like, we can smash so, atoms but, together. But obviously your crystals are going to work. 
you know, if we have the technology to do this other stuff, like obviously crystals are going to work. The thing is, is like, I've, I've physically seen, uh, I was in an expo where I, I saw like how a crystal changed someone's energy. It was actually my own energy. Oh, cool. Uh, I was doing this like aura reading and they have one of these machines. I actually want to get one of these where you kind of, um, I think it's a camera facing you and yeah. it like reads your aura and it gives you a reading based mm-hmm. on what your aura colors are. And the funny thing was, is like the lady asked, there was like one of my auras that were like, was kind of off or was like not where it should have been. And she's like, are you a lot of, are you really stressed out about something? And I'm like, no, not really. And she's like, here, hold this. And I knew exactly where she was holding me. It was just this giant obsidian ball. And when she put it in my hand, you could actually see the aura stuff changing on the computer. Oh, interesting. So I know that the technology exists that they could track this stuff and see exactly what's going on with them. So it would be interesting to see someone come forward today that could do the same stuff. Like, especially if like, so let's say Edgar, cause he's been dead since, um, like 1947. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen smaller turnarounds on some of the reincarnation stories we've talked about 1945. So it would be interesting to see if like Edgar comes back, comes back, has the same abilities, right. And starts doing the same thing. And then we're in the day and age where we can monitor it with science. That would be so badass. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I guarantee he helped a lot of people. and um, I do kind of want to look into some of these records that were uh, in this library just to kind of see some of these uh, diagnoses and how, well, how it was worded and what he said and everything. That would be kind of cool. It would be. Um, yeah, we should look that up. Yeah, maybe one of these days. One of these days. One of these days. But, so there's our half-assed story on Edgar Casey. It's a good it's story. Half-assed. It was a good story. Um, yeah, no, I'm like like you said. I'm surprised there's not a lot more stuff on this. I mean, there's a couple books that I think his kids have read. And like I, after we talked about him, and after I looked some things up, there were things that I have heard of him throughout life, but not much. There was it was only about like Atlantis and thinking that it, uh, certain you know about being buried under the Sphinx and things like that. I do remember hearing things like that a long time ago, but not knowing that who it was that they yeah. were referencing, but. But yeah, um, pretty badass. Real quick, some cool people that actually like supported and believed in what Edgar was doing. Mm-hmm. President Woodrow Wilson. Nice. Thomas Edison, Irving Berlin, and George Gershwin. They nice. were all people that I think sought advice from Edgar. That's pretty badass. Well, all right. Should we call that an episode? I think we should. Um, right. Before we do, though, make sure you go into our social medias and liking and following us. EVP.pod at Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can find our YouTube if you want to watch us instead of just listening to us. We're at uh, evp.pod on YouTube. You want, if you have a story you want to share with us, evp.pod, gmail.com. Also, check out our Ghost Stop affiliate link if you're looking for paranormal gear. Yeah, That's get where we get some, all of our stuff. Because uh, you know what? We're going to have some investigations probably coming up this year, so it you might want to get some uh, some equipment ready for that. Well, all right. Ghost, you don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. This is the EVP Podcast.